0: so we've got several kids playing soccer of the six kids that are currently in our house five of them are playing soccer and so that makes uh, a couple nights a week practices and and saturday games and then makeup games and all that as, as those with multiple kiddos doing sports know that makes uh for some- confusion. Um, but uh, there's usually several games down there, down there where, the, where we play soccer. There's several games going at, at, at one time. And I love soccer because it's just a, it's a really encouraging environment. And um, all around the field, you can hear parents like yelling, you know, for their kids, you know, and yelling, you know, parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters kind of yelling words of affirmation and encouragement. You got this. Stay with it. Kick the ball. Run, run, run. No, run the other direction, other goal, other goal, and, and uh, you know, last, uh, uh, last week uh, in Addie's game, uh, Coach Ussery is, 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 is Addie's coach, and Keeley Ussery took a soccer ball just right to the face, you know, and, and I mean, it was hard, I mean, this kid just kicked it with all its mind, you just, Right in Keeley's face. And there was just that look of shock, you know, just like, what happened, you know? And there's a moment where it could have gone either way, you know, but everybody jumps. is like, oh, way to go, Keely, way to take that ball to the face like a champ, man, you're awesome. And, and she just kind of, you know, and shook it off and kept on going and kept on playing. Um, an encouraging environment is a healthy environment where growth happens. Encouraging environment um, is, is an environment where, uh, where we're free to, to take chances and take risks and try big things. And, and, and the reality is we all need people in our lives yelling us to keep going, don't we? We all need people in our lives cheering for us to keep going, to not stop, to don't give up. Um, we need voices in our lives shouting at us to keep going, even when life just kicks a big soccer ball right in our face right? And so, so, uh, last Wednesday at Fields of Faith, it was, uh, you know, Fields of Faith, this huge event where hundreds of, of, of teenagers, uh, from all over the big country gather and right here at Sweetwater and, and a huge event. And our, our, our youth ministers in our community did a great job. Ashley, our student minister, did a phenomenal job as always in her, in her role in that. And, and, um, you know, the speaker was good, and it was great, and the music was great, but the highlight for me, and what was really encouraging for me Wednesday night, was hearing uh, Chandra Parker share her testimony. Um, and Chandra, if you, if you don't know her, she's a student out at Highland, and she's been battling cystic fibrosis, um, and has gone through the double lung transplant, all kinds of surgeries, has, been, has endured things that, I mean, I cannot, most of us cannot even imagine But through all that pain and struggle, she stood in front of hundreds of her peers and adults and she announced that God is faithful. And she gave us the encouragement. See, sometimes encouragement is really comforting and sometimes encouragement is challenging. And, And the best encouragement is both comforting and challenging. And she encouraged us with words of scripture that said, fight the good fight, run the race. And that was so encouraging because... It was somebody who's really doing that. Man, she is fighting the good fight. She is running her race. It was coming from this place of authenticity. It was so real. But she also said, Don't be a bench warmer Christian. There was challenge, there was comfort, but there was also challenge in the words she said. And coming from her, coming from this young lady who's battling and who's battled for her life and yet is still saying, God is faithful, for her to say, Don't sit on the bench, uh, that was real. That was an encouragement to my faith. Her encouragement was so authentic because her faith has been tested. This morning, Blake shared. And uh, what an amazing job Blake uh, did, just sharing how Christ has transformed and is transforming her. And, and, and out of that authentic and that real and that beautiful testimony, my faith, and, and I believe your faith, was encouraged and was strengthened. So I want you to take a moment to think about who is somebody that ex- has encouraged you in your walk with Christ? Who's somebody who has stirred you up to follow Jesus? Who's somebody that, that, that when you see this person or when you're around this person, they encourage you, don't quit, don't stop, but keep, keep chasing Jesus? I want you just to just take a moment. If this person's still living, if, they're, if they've gone to be with the Lord, they're good, okay? But, but, uh, but if they're still living, pick somebody that's still living, that's blessed you, has encouraged you, and just take a minute to pray for that person because I guarantee you they need it. Okay, just take a minute. And just pray, Lord, uh, Father, thank you for so-and-so. Thank you for this person who's spoken words of encouragement into my life. Thank you for this person who has blessed my life by just encouraging me to keep going. Thank you for this person who's who's invested and encouraged in me and and has has modeled the faith that Jesus is better than anything else. Just pray blessing on them. Pray God would strengthen their faith because I guarantee you they need encouragement just as much as you do. Amen. Now, after we leave here, do one more thing. Keep praying for, 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 for those folks that have encouraged you, but maybe send a text, call, send a card, and just let that person know, I'm praying for you. Thank you for encouraging me. One of the things that we can do with encouragement is we can, we can encourage the person that has encouraged us. And another thing that we can do with encouragement is we can take it and we can give it to somebody else that needs encouragement. That's how we keep it going. Um, the world can be a discouraging place. Anybody? Am I right? The world can be a discouraging place. And some of you have been like Keeley this week. Some of you, it's like soccer balls have just been uh, hitting you in the face left and right. Some of you just fighting for your life this week. Um, and, and this world can be a discouraging place. There's plenty of people that are willing to tear down. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned soccer, you know, being in an, an, an encouraging atmosphere. You know, all, all sports, all sporting events are not encouraging environments, right? And so... So in, 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 you go to a football game or a baseball game, and there's always, if things aren't going well, there's always some adult in the stands who, you know, he gets winded going to get the mail in the mailbox, but he could be the quarterback for the Mustangs. You know what I'm talking about? Well, if I was out there, this is what I'd be doing, or, or I'd be calling this play, or whatever. There's always somebody that knows better and talks talk that's, that's not building up and that's not helping anybody. This world can be a discouraging place. It's your work, at school, at home. Even ourselves, we are all bent towards negativity and towards being discouragers instead of encouragers. Um, There's always somebody willing to tear down, to gripe, to complain. In your life, there's need for encouragement. You need encouragement. And because you need encouragement, God has made biblical community available to you. Because you need encouragement, God has made Christian community available to you not perfect community you're not going to find a life group you're not going to find a re-engage group you're not going to find a class here you're not going to find a, a, a friend anywhere that's perfect god has not made perfect communion a community available to you but he has made christian community available to you because you need encouragement he's also provided that available to you because he's called you to be an encourager your workplace needs encouragers Your school needs encouragers. Your house needs encouragers. Your street needs encouragers. And God has placed you in those places to be a light. Um, You know, in a world where it's easy to tear other people down, love builds other people up. In a world that's easy to tear others down, love builds others up. So I want to read you Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews is in your New Testament, after Titus before James. Hebrews 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast. The confession of our, of our hope. The author of Hebrews is saying, let's grab hold of the hope you have in Christ and just grab hold of it, hold on to it with all you got. He's already encouraging us. That's what encouragement says. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep holding on to the hope you have in Christ. For he who promised is faithful. That's encouragement right there. Hey, remember... God is faithful. May not look like it right now. Everything may not be going right right now, but God is faithful. Verse 11 or verse 24, excuse me. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. He says consider this. He says spend time thinking about it. Be intentional about it. Scratch your head. Lay awake at night. Consider, apply your mind to strategically think about what are things I can do? Don't just wait until the impulse strikes you, but think about it. Plan for it. How can I stir people around me up to love Jesus more? How can I strategically stir up those around me, my kids, my spouse, my neighbors, my enemies, my friends, my coworkers, my classmates? How can I stir people up around me to love Jesus so much that they, that they, that they want to love people? They, wanted, they want to love and serve and, and, and do good works. Verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, even 2,000 years ago, there were people that were that were beginning to neglect meeting together. Ah, I don't need to go to a group this week. Ah, I don't need to go to worship this week. I'm good. And and, and before you know it, you look up and you've, and you, and you've become full-blown isolated. And, you're, and you thought you could do it by yourself. And it turns out you couldn't do it by yourself. And now you're ashamed to ask for help uh, because you've isolated yourself. Anybody know how that goes? I know how that goes. And And, 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 and he says, hey, it's the habit of some to forsake assembling together. He says, don't let that be you. He says, you've got to gather. Why do you gather? He says, encourage one another. Encourage, stir one another up to love and good deeds. And then verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. He says, the closer it gets to the day drawing near, as, as the closer it gets to Jesus coming back, you keep on encouraging each other more and more and more. So what is encouragement? The word translated encouragement here has a wide range of meanings. Sometimes in the New Testament, that word parakaleo is the Greek word. Parakaleo. Parakaleo sometimes means comfort. And we love to be comforted, don't we? I need comfort. You need comfort. Um, and, and, and so that word can have that sense of comfort one another. But it can also have the sense of exhort one another. And exhort is like when you have the coach's voice. Anybody know what the coach's voice is? Uh, the, the exhort uh, sense of the word is like, Encourage really, really strongly. Anybody ever really strongly encourage you, urge you? That's 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 what it can mean. It it, 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 it means to to build somebody up. Uh, it, it means literally just to walk alongside with somebody. That's what it means to encourage somebody. The word literally means to walk alongside somebody, invite somebody to walk alongside you. We're called to be encouragers because God Himself is an encourager. Interestingly, the 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 word used in John 14. For example, John 14, 16, we're told that, that, that Jesus says, I'm going to send you another helper, or I'm going to send you another encourager. That word for helper or encourager is the word paraclete, which comes from the word parakaleo. The, the Holy Spirit is one who's called alongside to help us. God himself is an encourager. All the way through this series, we're seeing how... Um, we are called to love because God loves. We're called to serve because God serves. We're called to honor because God honors. All the, These aren't just random things, these one another passages. These are all characteristics that are rooted in God's character. And love encourages. Love serves. Love honors. All right, so some biblical examples of encouragement. Matthew 14, 17, Jesus says, Take heart, it is me. Do not be afraid. That's encouragement. Don't be afraid. John 16, 33, Jesus says, In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We want to go Old Testament. Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. True biblical encouragement uh, is is anything that causes us to, to loosen our grip on ourselves and tighten our grip on Jesus. True biblical encouragement is Christ-centered. I mean, I could encourage Cody by saying, "Man, your beard is glorious." I mean, that's encu- that's at one level of or or Travis. You know, that's, there's a lot of glorious beards out here. Um, that's one level of encouragement, but biblical encouragement, Christ-centered encouragement, is more than is more than skin deep. So if I said your your beard causes me to love Jesus more, then okay, then that's that's real encouragement. But no, it's it's it's, it's uh, man, I. I biblical encouragement is is where we urge one another uh, whether that takes the form of comfort or it takes the form of exhortation and challenge we urge one another to to cling to Jesus to grab hold of Jesus when we urge one another don't give up don't stop keep the faith fight the fight don't give up now so there's some helpful ways that we can encourage and there's some unhelpful ways that we can encourage we all still together Alright, so there's some, there's some helpful, you encourage me by letting your face know that, you know, there's some helpful ways to encourage and there's some unhelpful ways to encourage. One unhelpful way to encourage is to, is to, uh, is to offer a lot of fake positivity. You know where we feel like we've got to just be a cheerleader all the time? Uh, anybody remember back in the 90s, I think it was, the Spartan cheerleaders on Saturday Night Live? And, and they would show up in these in, in inappropriate places uh, like chess tournaments and they thought that every situation just needed the perfect what? The perfect cheer, okay? And they were desperate to cheer. And they were convinced that the perfect cheer was going to fix everything. And they were so positive and so over the top and people were just like, get out of here and sometimes as christians we feel like that's what we're called to be we feel like we're called to be cheesy we feel like we're called to be just uh just too sweet and sometimes people do need that cheerleader that's just saying keep going keep going keep going but you know what else sometimes people need somebody to sit with them in their pain and not tell them hey uh these are all the reasons it it shouldn't hurt this much sometimes people just need you to sit in their pain with them and say you know what that does sound really hard that sounds really tough and that's encouragement That's encouragement. That encourages that person to keep going. Also, uh, just like we're not called to be like fake positive, we're we're also not called to cheer for everything. You know, if my child throws a tantrum on the field, I'm not going to cheer for that. So as an encourager, you don't have to cheer for everything somebody does. Now, if somebody's involved in sin, somebody's involved in something that's not God's best for them, no matter what we're involved in, no matter what we're caught up in, there's always something you can affirm in that person. You can affirm that God loves them. You can affirm that, that the man, I, I see your servant's heart. You can affirm something. But God's not going to call you to encourage someone's sin. He's not going to call you to cheer for someone's sin. He's not going to call you to say, hey, I know this is really bad for you and it's not God's best, but I'm going to clap anyway. That's not encouragement, okay? That's not encouragement. Um, misusing Scripture is another way that we falsely encourage. Sometimes we, we take Scripture and we just throw it at somebody. Like here, take, two, take, a, take Philippians 4.13. Well, I still can't play you know, football. Well, Philippians 4.13 says you can. You can do all things through Christ. You know? and, and sometimes we just throw Scripture. Sometimes we just throw Scripture at people And we don't really have high regard for the scripture or for the person. Um, And I think an alternative to that is look at being an encourager as being a midwife. Being a midwife. Um, if, If you are a woman in labor and a midwife comes to you, what's the temperament you would want to see in that midwife? Um... You probably don't want sugary sweet in that moment. You want somebody with a sense of how serious the situation is. But you also need somebody that's hopeful. Not somebody that's going to tell you everything's going to be okay and that they're going to be right there with you until it is. Husbands, if, 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 if your wife is in labor, what kind of midwife would you want alongside her? If you're, if you're, if you're giving birth husbands to a kidney stone, or men, if you're giving birth to a kidney stone, what kind of mid-whatever would you want alongside you? You know, uh, when we're walking with people, God is always at work birthing something in that person. Years ago, or not too long ago, I had the opportunity for years to, to work in South Sudan. And South Sudan had, I don't know if it still does, but had... At the time, the highest maternal mortality rate in the world. And so what that means is that, that more mothers died in childbirth in South Sudan than anywhere else in the world. And we started looking at why, and it turns out that, that uh, the birthing practices there, midwives, when it came time for a woman to deliver, midwives would get drunk, and then they would go and they would press hard on the belly of the woman as hard as they could to force the baby on out. Now, I guess you can see how that would make sense, and that's the way we've always done it. See, We all have things that don't make sense, and we do them because that's the way we've always done them. And for these midwives, that was one of the things they've always done. They'd get drunk, push on the belly, and out comes the baby. But the mom would die so much of the time, or she would be very, very injured. We would say, well, hey, these moms are dying because you're doing this. No, they're dying of malaria. No, that's not malaria. That's because you're pushing. Uh, And so it, it it was a real struggle to break through that cultural barrier, just like we all have. But as we, we brought in some, some trainers from, an, from, from Kenya, and, 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 and we, along with an American uh, team, we worked with some midwives in this county and, and we taught them health, the ones that would learn healthy and, and appropriate and sanitary ways to deliver babies. And, uh, and we saw the maternal mortality rate in that county go down to zero. It's amazing. And, and we're called to meet midwives. God is birthing something in those around you. But sometimes we're kind of like the midwives in Sudan and we're trying to make it happen. And that will push somebody away from Jesus. I mean, you're excited about Jesus. You're excited about church. You're excited about your walk to a mess. You're excited about whatever. And in that excitement, sometimes we just jump on somebody and we try to make something happen. And that is not helpful encouragement. Um, so so we're called to be midwives. We're called to walk alongside somebody and say, I see God doing something in you, and I'm just going to encourage you to keep on pushing until we have this baby. That's encouragement. Don't give up now. Uh, so who do you encourage? I love 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 where we find that David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's times that, that you have to preach the gospel to yourself. There are times I mean we're all called to serve and to and to encourage each other but there's times that that you know nobody can do it for me. There's times that you to preach God's Word to yourself. There's times that you have to remind yourself who God is from God's Word. There's times that you have to remind yourself who Jesus is. There's times that you've got to remind yourself who Jesus is. You are. Preach the gospel to yourself. Remind yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And then beyond that, encourage your friends. Encourage your family. Encourage your neighbors, believers, unbelievers, enemies. This is how I see God working at you. Don't give up. When do we encourage? Go back to Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3, just a few pages before Hebrews 10. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Uh, The the, the author of Hebrews has just uh, quoted Psalm 95 that we read earlier. Hebrews 3, 12. He says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart. That's the the deepest issue we all face is an unbelieving heart. Leading you to fall away from the living God. He says, but exhort, same word uses encourage, other way, encourage, urge, Exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. So he says, if this day is called today, then this is your day to encourage somebody. So you say, well, I just really don't feel like encouraging somebody. Is it today? Yeah, okay. Well, encourage somebody today encourage your spouse encourage your kids encourage your neighbors encourage random people man I see this you're doing great at this God is at work in you this way encourage people as long as it's called a day and the result of encouragement he says is that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin every day every minute the evil one and our own flesh is working against us to get us on the hook of sin to get us to blow up our lives blow up our marriages blow up our job, ruin our witness. And as you encourage one another, as we encourage one another, it helps take those blinders off. And it helps us to see Jesus for who he is. And it helps us to keep fighting another day. Encouragement results. And when somebody encourages me, I may be in a funk, I may have something going on, but true encouragement results in me seeing that Jesus is better than anything else. Jesus is better than anyone else. Encouragement results in a heart that's softened, not a heart that's hardened. And so, uh, encouragement involves comfort, it involves challenge, and it also involves courage. Think about the word, encourage. Literally what happens when you get encouraged is you get a heart filled with courage. And so, true encouragement requires action. I try to stand up here every week and encourage you. You encourage yourself and others all week long. But what action are we taking with our encouragement? One action we can take is we can encourage other people, like we said earlier. But maybe somebody's encouraging you and, 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 and you need the courage. You've got to do something with that courage. Maybe there's a step you need to take. Maybe there's somebody that you know you need to talk to about Jesus. But you're just kind of soaking up all the encouragement for yourself like a sponge. And you're not sharing it with anybody else. Do something with it. If there's somebody you need to talk to about Jesus, go share with them. If there's that, that, that dream that you have uh, about starting that business or that dream you have about, uh, about starting that ministry or, or, or that dream that you've just put in a, been putting aside, man, maybe it's time for you to take courage and take action with that. Don't just soak up encouragement like a sponge and keep it for yourself. There was a lady one time that I dealt with, I shared in the first service, and she, she would call every time she had a, a financial need, and, and if she didn't have a financial need, I never saw her. And, and this happened over and over and over again, and finally she calls us it years ago and, and says, well, you know, I need this. And I said, hey, you know, I heard from you when, you when you needed this, and we helped you, but then we didn't see you again. I heard from you when you wanted this, and we helped you. And, and she says, you're making it sound like I'm a sponge. I said, well, do you have another word for it? And, 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 and whether we're financial sponges or not, don't be an encouragement sponge. Don't just sponge up encouragement from those around you and then keep it all for yourself. you got to give it away. Take that step of action. Encourage somebody else. But then take that step of faith that maybe is that next step for you. Encouragement is, is about giving you the courage to trust Christ. So take that next step of faith. Some practical ways to encourage, then we're going to wrap up. Uh, send, a, uh, send a text... Make a call. Send a card. That's still a great way to encourage somebody. Send a carrier pigeon. It doesn't really matter. Just connect with somebody and let them know that, that, hey, you've helped me love Jesus. You've stirred me up for Jesus. You've stirred me up for love and good deeds. See a need and meet a need. I was so thankful this last week to see us. And I know there's still a lot of needs to go. Let us know if you know of a need or if you're willing to help with a need, but out in Roscoe with the flooding out there, just to see uh, so many of our men just jump up and go over there and start meeting needs. That was beautiful to see that. It was beautiful to see that happen. Pray. You can encourage through praying. You can encourage through giving your face. We talk about that a lot. Just give somebody your face. And just look at them. Don't go like this and hide your face. Just look at somebody. Give them your face. That's going to encourage them. Remind one another of God's word. We can encourage each other in that. Hey, well, this is how... You know, this is how... Um, this scripture spoke to me when I was going through a hard time. I hope this speaks to you as well. See how that's authentic? Share your story. We've, there's a, been a prompt by email go out a couple times. You can click on it, go to a link, fill in, some informa- fill in your story on our site, and we want to catalog some of our stories, even if you've already shared up here before. We, we don't, I don't ever want us to meet that we don't share a story of how God is working in somebody's life. Share your story. That's going to be a huge encouragement to other people. Well, I'm still a mess. Yeah, you are. Your story isn't finished yet, but you can still encourage people from what story has been written. And then, and then show up. You know how encouraging it is? Just when we show up. Show up for groups, Show up for church. Show up for work. Show up in people's lives. You know, encourage, you know how much it would encourage your boss if you just show up for work and you're 100% there? It's going to encourage his socks off or her socks off. You know how that's going to encourage your family? When you're in your living room, if you're 100% there. If you're at work, you're 100% there. If you're serving in a ministry, while you're there, you're 100%. See, we try to be 20 different places at once, and we end up not ever showing up to anything. But wherever you are, show up there. And there's so much encouragement to be found in just showing up. Finally, you're an encouragement by your witness. I had the opportunity to work a ladies' walk to Emmaus. It was beautiful a couple of weeks ago. And, and one of the songs that Tiffany ruled from Emmanuel Fellowship across the street, she sang it so beautifully. And I don't remember the name of the song. I should have asked between services. But because when you walk into a room, everything changes. Y'all know this song? Um, and it's singing to God, when you walk into a room, Lord, everything changes. But you know, Christ is in you. If you know Jesus Christ is in you. And so when you walk into a room, each of us, when you walk into a room... Christ is walking into that room in you and with you and you have the power to change everything in a room when you walk in just by your witness for Him. So you want to be an encouragement for people? Put your roots down deep in Jesus. Be a witness for Him. Uh, That's where the book of Acts begins. You'll be my witness everywhere you go. Inspired and empowered by the Holy Spirit. I was, I I hated running in high school. Spoiler alert, I still hate running now. And, and, uh, and everybody, you know, I remember in junior high we all they made us all run track whether we wanted to run track or not. And who would want to run track? So I guess that's why they made us all do it. But um, they made us all do it, and I was terrible. And my, my football coach, Coach Warner, used to tell me, McGowan, you can either be slow or you can be little, but you can't be both. You got to pick one or the other, okay? And so, but he was an exhorter. He was one that would really uh, uh, challenge you, and just by his presence, you you wanted to to do your best. And I remember I was running the four hundred, which is like the devil's hot sauce okay it's just terrible you know it's just it's not a sprint it's not a it's not a I don't know if the devil eats hot sauce but it's not a sprint it's not a long it's just some this weird thing in between and I was coming around the last curve and I was just kind of I'd already lost I'd given up I was just kind of I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna finish and I saw coach Warner leaning on the fence with a spittoon in his hand and a big old dip of snuff in his and just seeing him suddenly my legs started moving a little faster And then he started saying some things, most of which I cannot repeat from up here in the pulpit. And my legs started moving even faster. And I finished, and I finished stronger than I would have otherwise. Your witness, your life, is intended to be an encouragement to those around you. Don't give up. Keep looking to Jesus. Fight the good fight. Run the race. Finish strong. Being an encourager, and I'm wrapping up, the band can come up. Being an encourager is like playing a bit part in a play. Anybody in a school play when you were a kid? Uh, Bob Goff in his book Everybody Always talks about how he tried out for the lead part in elementary school in the play and he ended up not getting the lead part. He got the part of tree number four which had no name and no lines. But he was that tree to the best that he could be. He says, Bob Goff writes, something changes for many of us after we leave elementary school. We try to make ourselves the hero or the victim of every story. Something goes wrong, we want to be the victim. Something goes right, we want to make ourselves the hero. It doesn't seem to matter which it is as long as we make it all about us. But if we make everything about us, it'll never be about Jesus. He goes on to say, just be tree number four. In other words, when you're an encourager, you're taking the spotlight off of yourself. It's not about you. It's about encouraging that person to put their roots deeper in Jesus. You play a bit part in somebody else's story. You know, in a a world where it's easy to tear other people down, love builds other people up.